Welcome to Holding Center, a podcast created to help you own and hold center stage, not only on show day, but also in your life. I'm your host, Ashley Markham, owner of MyoStrength, and joined with me is my co-host, Ashley Spoker, owner of B&B Fit. Let's hold center. Yo, what's going on, Ash? What is going on? Happy Friday. Um, let me just get that off my screen. Yeah, <laughs> no, I have like, well, today's my older brother's birthday, so he's old. Um, we're going to go, I don't know if you guys have this, maybe you do have this, but it was like newer to us here in, in Cleveland, Ohio, um, Top Golf. It's like a golfing. Yeah, so it's like, oh. it's not even like simulation. Like you actually like go in golf, but it's not at a golf course. Like there's just like bays and you kind of just like tee off and you can hit like little targets and stuff. Um, so mm-hmm. like he's going to, he wants to do that. So like you've never been, I've been, I've been, but, um, I've been like a few times. I'm not a big golfer. It's really hard. I want to swing it like a baseball bat. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's fun. It's cool. It's better than, um, like actually going and playing like nine or 18 holes because that shit fucking sucks for someone who doesn't like golf. Um, so it's kind of just like, they give you, you can like rent the bay for like an hour or whatever, and just like hit the ball and everyone like takes a turn. Um, so it's kind of cool. Yeah. Like we're still like, we're almost all in our thirties, me and my brothers. And, um, we still like celebrate like our birthdays, like with my parents and go out to dinner and like do all of that stuff. Yeah. It's actually really cool. People are like, Oh my God, how do you guys find the time? And like, between like my schedule, my boyfriend's schedule, my both of my brother's girlfriends and like my parents do like we'll be going to like random places like on like a Tuesday at like 2 45 p.m like everyone cool to meet up at that time like yeah absolutely but it's cool you know we're coordinating like seven schedules but like it's I'm very blessed that we still have like the time to do that one of the reasons I actually moved back to Ohio was was because of that I missed my my family time too much but that's like my highlight of the week um but yeah as far as training all that great stuff it's it's good. Business is good. Can't complain. What about you? What exciting happened with you this week? Yeah, I signed a couple of athletes. Was well, I want to talk about the golf thing. One, I it, mini golf and golf are fine. They're just fine. But for me, they're not violent enough. Like I like playing baseball or I like throwing axes because I need some violence. Yeah, I need some violence in my sports. So like golf for me is kind of like it's too pussyfooting. Like no offense, you're you're very skilled if you like golf because I don't have the patience for it. It's not aggressive enough. Now, if I got to hit people with my golf club, then let's talk. But I'm much more of a shooting airsoft, you know, baseball bat type of girl. Like if the purge ever happened, I'm fucking set. Have you guys, have you guys been to those? um, They're like the, like the break rooms where you like throw shit and break shit. No, No, I I want to do that. Yeah. My brother went to one though. Like you just like get this jumpsuit on and you get like a sledgehammer and you get to like everything. Yeah. I need to do that. There's one like hard. I want to, I want to do that so bad. Makes me so things (laughs) makes me feel so good. No, but uh, this week is really good. It's time. A couple of athletes have got their programming started, um, finished some, some guides. So I have some like one-time offers in the works for people that maybe can't afford like one-on-one coaching, but still want like good, decent advice. That's not just TikTok thoughties. Um, so that's good. Um, obviously we have a very special guest this week and I'm super fucking pumped to talk to him. Shout out to the South spouse himself, but no, it's, it's a good week. And I'm honestly excited for the weekend. We are going to be seeing Oppenheimer, the movie about the fucking like atomic bomb. Yeah. So it's either Barbie or the atomic bomb. And I was like, well, I want to watch the movie about the atomic bomb. No offense. So 
Yeah, so I'm excited about that. I'm going to pack some beef liver snacks and some nuts and some asparagus, stuff them in my tits so I can sneak my food into the movie theater. Eric can get popcorn. It'll be fine. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to I watch love, I love that movie theater. This is what I, my tradition and prep is like, get super baked in the car and then hold like two, like position my day where I can eat two meals at once. Mm-hmm. Super baked, go to the movies, eat both the meals in this one giant vat and then just sleep. I don't even watch the movie. I just sleep. Because I get, like so there's bad. no cell phones. There's no computer. There's no distractions. It's just dark. And it's yeah. Warm and it's just like ambient noise. Yeah. You got to go like midday, like the matinee. Yep. Too, no one's yep. there. Yeah. And it's cheaper and you get to like, there's no one to the next, to the left or right of you. Yeah. 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 You get like a whole row to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. I'm super excited. But yeah, like the thing with our movie theater is like, you're not allowed to bring in food or whatever. Cause they'll like check your purse and I don't have a purse. So I usually wear a hoodie, but the, the nice thing about having fake tits is like, it, this becomes part of like a purse like you can stuff so much in there and you can just bring it in like eric will literally like get m&ms i have m&ms i have my my food his food and it just looks like i had big old titties and i do but like it looks still natural so that's the pro tip that like people are like oh i want big titties for my boob drop like yes but you also have a movie snack compartment now and that's the best so many things Oh my, when I, when I used to drink and party a lot, I used to put like tall boys along like the bottom of like the, of my bra and it would like lift my boobs up. So I had like, even like my boobs were like in my throat, but I would have like two tall boys like stacked underneath it. Cause you go to concerts, they're like 15 bucks for one tall boy. I'm like, absolutely not. I'm about to have two. And then you just like hold them and walk around and everyone thinks you bought them in there. But yeah, I would put them in the bottom of my bra and I'm like, yep, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> Work smarter, not harder. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. <laughs> but speaking of, let's go ahead and dive into the meat potatoes of everything. We are joined by special guest Ross Flanagan, aka the South Spouse. And we're going to be talking about developing a winner's mentality. But before that, Ross, how the fuck are you? I'm doing fine. Um, well, let me let me preface that with all the bad shit. Um, <laughs> I just got through another round of rhabdomyolysis. It's super mild. I caught it just in time. Um, do you guys know what rhabdo is? Mm-hmm. Well, but go ahead is- and explain for the people that maybe don't. Because Ash is a nurse and I am an ex-phys. So I, we learned about that shit. So in short, it's a, it's a stress condition where the body is going through too much stress. And that stress can be from an injury, an accident, um, overworking, um, too many drugs, like drug, like hard, hardcore drug use. Um, typically it's, it's like the non-lethal one is, or non-lethal level is in like athletes, like CrossFit athletes, mm-hmm. Marines. Um, I've had it three times from bodybuilding, but they're always after my show when I'm a little dehydrated and then I pack on the pounds and I'm like nonstop moving and I'm doing like 20,000 steps and I'm doing cardio and I'm just training like a fucking maniac. Um, but I caught it just in time. Last year, I had it after my rebound. My CK levels, which are uh, one of the things that processes, I, be- I believe, the amino acids in your blood through the kidneys. Um, I was in the ER, and it was like a 10 to 15K. And I went to go get blood work uh, Wednesday, and it was in the low threes. And I woke up today. All of my symptoms are gone. Good. So I'm on a, like uh, a protocol to de-stress. So super low steps, 
three gallons of water. Um, not a lot of stress working out. That's the one bad thing. The second bad thing, I have a condition in my eye, both my eyes called keratoconosis. And I had this procedure done uh, after Toronto on this one. Well, now this one's fading fast. So I'm like, can I, can I see, like, what do you guys look like? So, but other than that, I'm fucking amazing. And I'm grateful for what I have. And I'm grateful to walk again. And, you know, so I'm, I'm good. Good. Cause I know you are someone that loves being active. Like I know you were talking about in your vlogs. I'm like obsessed with your YouTube vlogs, by the way, but Thank you. Thank you. I remember doing your, your Cali pro where you were like, obviously really, really ahead of everything. And normally you were getting like 12,000 steps and Dom was like, let's do five. And you're like, yeah, he has me doing five now. And I'm like, I get 12 just from doing nothing. Mm -hmm. So I have to like, I have to slug it up. Like I have to get high and I can't leave the couch. <laughs> yeah. I do that. I'm not leaving the couch. So you need to get like one of those, like, you know, the little kids that have the little bouncy balls with the handle. You just need to do that around your apartment just so you're not like walking, but you're just like walking. bouncing through your house. Wow. Just get the motorized scooter for your house. Like Rascal. Yeah. I live in I live in downtown Austin and they have those like everything is motorized mm -hmm. scooters, um, bicycles, like little carts. They're everywhere. They're so fun, though. Those scooters go pretty fast. Like I was in Cali um, a few summers ago and like we well, I rode it down the hill and I was like trying to see how fast I could get. And I went like almost 22 miles an hour on the scooter. And I was like, holy shit, that's kind of fast just for a little yeah. scooter. It's like that's incredible. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. Well, no. everything sounds like, I mean, the fact that you're going through all of that and still having a positive attitude kind of already tells testament of like why you were so successful, but we'd love to go into your background, kind of like your bodybuilding journey, your journey with creating like your, your empire of all your businesses. And even also as a coach too. Yeah. So where do you want to start? Uterus. Boom. <laughs> But you want to do bodybuilding first? Yeah, let's do bodybuilding because you've been doing okay. this for a while. So I'll tell you the whole, the whole story. So I was a, um, my senior year of college, I played uh, college football in Salisbury, Salisbury, Maryland, which is like the eastern shore of Maryland, east coast. Um, and that spring semester when everyone was done with football, I saw all my friends get fat, like all of them get fat because they their lifestyle was drinking and eating like shit but they had the football to mitigate the calories well they stopped playing football and then they just you know got fat i was like, i cannot do this a i need competition i need to be on a strict schedule so i picked up bodybuilding that year i think i was 22 um fucked around with that like i didn't know anything about it i just knew how to work out and uh it's so funny like everything i i'd say this a lot everything i preach about is because I've done it. So doing the bodybuilding the first three or five years, I was doing everything that I say not to do now, like eating plain food, no salt on my food, mm -hmm. uh, like boiled chicken, egg whites, brown rice, broccoli, like no sauce, nothing, uh, overtraining, like everything. And um, I finally stepped on stage after a three-week prep in 2015. 15 wait a three week three? Prep? yeah i didn't know anything about anything so i was like, like lean all i knew what to do was just like okay i need to do more cardio to get lean 
like so, 21 days, like 20, that was it. Exactly 21 days. Yeah. Oh, oh my so, God. So <laughs> I, uh, do you, do you know who Boston Lloyd was? Yeah. I've heard, I've heard yeah. of him. Yeah. Yes. So I hired him for three, for three week prep. We actually won the open overall. We won the entire show <laughs> in, for three week prep. And I was like, this is fucking awesome. Um, it was a Sean Ray classic in, in Baltimore. And then that's when I got the first case of Rabdo. Mm -hmm. I went from 191 on stage to 248 in three weeks. And I remember I had so much pitting edema that I could put my, like my entire hand mm -hmm. in my leg, like memory foam mattress. I couldn't walk. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't speak. Like I was, um, I was doing this sales job and I was so fat. I'd have to like introduce myself, take a deep breath and then like splurge the sales pitch. Like, ah, ah. <laughs> so bad. Um, so I fucked around with bodybuilding, like half-assed didn't have a coach for about three years. And then um, when my wife at the time, Elena, who's my business partner now, um, we decided to open up the Gaines Bakery, which is a, a small restaurant and cafe in New Braunfels, Texas. Um, we opened that up in like 2018. I decided to hire Dom, who I'm still with, and do the, um, the 2018 North Americans as a heavyweight. I finished second place there. Then we did um, the Nationals last the following year i was one shot away from a pro card again and then 2020 i turned pro but as a second place pro so i still fucking lost uh in 2020 um but as we'll probably get into a different like deeper conversation that 2015 to 2020 to even to even now they're just like levels mm -hmm. so i'd do a series of fuck-ups i'd fix them then i'd prove series of fuck-ups fix them then improve um so i always tell people like you can't go all in on everything all the time it just doesn't it's just mathematically not possible like one year you got to bring up this or improve this and then the next year you got to do this so that's sort of the trajectory of the bodybuilding yeah i'm you definitely seem like the type of person that even though you earned your pro credit second place that you'd reject it you'd be like no nah, not until i win yeah i thought about it for sure but yeah, I really thought I won. So I was like, fuck it. And then someone was like, uh, it's not how you got there. It's what you do with it when you mm -hmm. get it. So I think I did pretty well with it so far. No, I'll, I'll definitely, definitely agree with that. So obviously there was a lot of like ebbs and flows with your career and, you know, you, you earned your pro card, even though you got second place, you still earned your pro card, but let's talk about your pro debut. Like, cause you had a, a stellar prep like in your own words it like wasn't brutal like you were ready ahead of time you guys were just honestly all you had to do was land the plane so talk about like what it was like to do your pro debut at Indy and really how that differed between your fucking Olympia qualification which again congratulations on that um at Cali yeah so Indy prep that was what 2022 mm -hmm. um we started that prep two weeks before Christmas I was that fat so I was super fucking fat. So that was like mid-December and the show was mid-May. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so it took me a good like eight weeks to get like from fat to skinny fat. Yeah. But once I got that skinny fat phase done, I got, I, I, we figured out like I get lean. If I'm moderately lean, I can get lean in six weeks, like glutes in six weeks. Um, because, and we can get into this deeper, it's calories in versus calories out, like just move more. So we were, we were ready, shredded glutes. We could peak for a show about four weeks out. I was about four weeks out ready. So, um, I was like, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to destroy this pro debut. I'm going to land a top five. I know what I can do. And, um, that brings us to that peak week. We didn't change a fucking thing, but, but hindsight we had, I had traveled to three different cities in three days in that peak week. Um, I went from, uh, San, like from Austin to Vegas to Indianapolis so three different time zones and all the flights were fucked up. So that was unneeded stress like crazy, but landed in Indy. Everything was fine. I was looking awesome. The best I've ever looked. And we were like, dude, we don't have to do anything. We're just going to take a little shot of vodka to finish out the drying process. No diuretics needed. And um, the irony of this whole thing was that Dom and I cheersed with the shot of vodka to a perfect prep. We got it on videotape and we're like, we fucking did it. Pro debut. We're going to land the plane, take the shot of vodka. Dom, good night. I pop an edible because that's what I've been doing. And I go to sleep and I wake up and my heart is just, my heart is doing this. And then my brain is doing this. So I'm like going fucking psycho. Um, I'm ha like hyperventilating. I'm panicking extremely anxious and then i try to combat that with more marijuana so i have this like vape pen and i'm just sucking that shit down and uh that makes it way worse and i remember me sitting up in bed completely blacked out but i felt like my brain was doing this and then um it must have been like a few hours later Elena had flown in at two o'clock in the morning to the Airbnb and she opens the door and she's like, Ross, where are you? And I'm just blacked out. She turns on the light and I'm in the shower naked, standing up, passed out in the corner of the shower. Yeah, I was, I was so high. Like, I guess the word is twisted. Like my body was twisted. And I went back to bed, finally went to bed, but I woke up and I don't know if you guys experienced this, but I'm super sensitive to like everything. So when I have a cheat meal, like I feel it in my eyes, my face, like the water retention, the sodium that I felt my, my eyes, like they got stung by bees. Mm. So I had this massive cortisol spike and retained all this water from all that stress. Um, if you want, I can post a post the side by sides of the video or of the pics after the call, and I can tag you guys in it. But I I looked like show ready to peak off season in a couple hours. Damn. And um, I woke up and I started panicking. I was like, Dom, Dom, and his face. He has like these big bug eyes. He's yeah. Like, <laughs> you didn't say a thing. So went on stage like a complete water buffalo. I didn't have any lines. 
I was dripping profusely. I soaked my entire uh, posing trunks. It was just a, a horrible disaster. Um, so I blew that fucking show. I ended up having to take a diuretic before the night show and that kind of flushed some stuff out, but the damage was done. And um, as soon as we got off stage, I was set to do the New York pro the following week. He's like, we're starting redemption right now, right after the stage. So I started getting to work literally the next day. And um, I was a long year. I was angry full of, for a full fucking year angry at everything i was angry at myself i was angry at just the whole situation but in a, like in a good anger like i'm gonna fuck shit up like i i need to do this i need to redeem you know redeem myself and i think we did that so so like would you say like that horrible loss um of of the indie pro there like that is kind of like what fueled like the winner's mindset for you like you had so much like quote me or tell me if I'm wrong, like disappointment in yourself that you're like, I can't let that happen again. I've been working since the time I was 22 for this, like every single hurdle that I've, I've dealt with, you know, like my, from my first prep up until becoming a pro and stepping on for my pro debut. Um, like that was the, the, was that like the turning point for you that turned on even like more fire than you already have was like that huge letdown with yourself. Yes. A hundred percent. And I, I, have this saying that I use um, that this sort of goes in hand in hand with what we're talking about today, but every no will lead to one yes. So if you keep on accepting these no's or losses, like a judge will say, no, you, you're not good enough. No, 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 no. That sometimes the no, all those no's in the beginning will lead to the, the biggest yes ever. And that's what's happened. Um, so yeah, I, I think it, it definitely happened for a reason and um, 100% fueled my fire for this year. And even after the win, like I wasn't even, I was more excited to get the chance to improve mm-hmm. for the Olympia versus the win. So with that happening though, and you, it made like, you have that ambition to keep going. Like, was there ever a thought in your mind that was like, no, I'm done. Like, this isn't for me because some people like that will break them. They will be like, okay, I'm done. That didn't work out. That was embarrassing. I can't show my face again. So how did you, or how can you tell like our listeners? It's like, Hey, like, you know, these, these, all of these no's can turn to a a yes. Like I'm sure you've had hard days where you doubted yourself during the year that you had that that redemption. So what would you tell people that kind of have like a, a run of a bunch of like losses or, or don't really hit that, that high. And how do they, how do you tell them to keep going? Well, there are a couple answers here. The doubt didn't stop mm-hmm. uh, until um, until I got on stage in Cali. Like I remember like literally messaging Dom at like three o'clock in the morning, two weeks out when I was ready for that show. And I was like, dude, I'm not lean enough. I'm not lean enough. I'm not lean enough. He's like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? Relax. And then even when he's, I saw him in the hotel in Cali, I was like, he could see that he was like, you're stressed. And I'm like, dude, I'm afraid I'm going to, I'm going to botch this again. And I'm going to let down everyone again. Like I'm so stressed. So that was, a, I think 
the going into Cali was more of a mental fuck for me than what happened to me at Indy because I could not afford it mentally to happen again. And like, I could, I, I can, I can like literally see the reactions or the message boards or social media, like, Oh, he blew it again. You know, all the, Oh, it must be the sauces or, you know, blah, like all that bullshit. And I was like, terrified, terrified. This is going to happen again. Um, and it didn't, and I, it shouldn't have happened in Indy because I was ready and I won't happen again. So, um, what was the other, what was the original question? It was just like, what would you tell like our listeners or followers that do have this self-doubt and like to like pretty much not give up? Like, how did you have like that? I'm going to keep going. Like, I'm going to set out to what I finish or what I started. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to quit on myself essentially, even though I have had all these losses. Well, I mean, there's a bunch of cliches we could use here. Like, you know, you got to believe in yourself. And, um, but for me, I, I'm way too far down the road of bodybuilding to fucking turn back. Like I'm not, I, I can't go back. I have to finish this job. Um, and uh, I think um, I'm not sure. I, I think that you just have to fall in love. And I'll say this again, you have to fall in love with losing like to be a winner, you're going to lose all the fucking time. But each time you lose, you can't. I don't recommend looking at it as a loss. It's not a negative to me. Mm-hmm. It's an op- it, it, it presents a bunch of opportunities for a bunch of other wins. Yeah. And those wins can be outside of the judges. Like a win for me is someone listening to this podcast going into peak week and not taking an edible. Mm-hmm. Or not doing something that ha- they haven't done. So that way it, they learn from me. That That's a win for me. Right. Um, so I would, I would just say like the, anyone listening, you have to fall in love with losing because mm-hmm. that's what ultimately gets you better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause if we just win, every, if we just win everything that we're not, we don't really have anything to improve upon. Mm-hmm. Right. So quick example of like me. So um, my last uh, competition season, I did, um, two shows. And then I was going to my first national show, never won a first place, always was second, never won an overall, obviously. Um, and I had, I was like maybe four weeks out and I had so much doubt and I was like, I'm not ready for the national stage. I can't do this. Um, I'm foolish to think I should be up there. Um, X, Y, and Z, like all of these, these doubts and crazy things. And I was like, you know what? No, like, there is no courage without fear. Right. So you have to be scared of something. So for me, the biggest part was like, Hey, like I'm going to get on that stage and like what happens is going to happen. Um, but for me, it was like that, that small win of like, Hey, like you told yourself, like you couldn't do this and look like you fucking did it. Like, regardless of what's going to happen, obviously you want to win. You want to place well at like a national show and, and look like you belong up there. I ended up getting up or I ended up getting second call outs for my first time, which I was okay with. Um, obviously always want better, but yeah. So like, for me, it was like that, that little win of being like, Hey, like I told myself, like I was too scared. I had X, Y, and Z reasons why I can't do this, why I shouldn't do this. And I still like proved to myself 
that I was going to fucking do it. So like that made me feel good. And like, obviously, like I said, it wasn't the outcome we wanted, but like that was the a win in my book was like saying, Hey, like you can't do this. And like, not next time I get on stage, it's like, okay, like what I'm going to have the doubt. That's like, I can't place top five. Well, guess what? Like, I'm going to keep fucking going until I do it. Like, right. And then get, hopefully get my pro card one day or, or whatever, whatever my goals are happen to be like in the future. So I think like, maybe that's kind of relatable on you. It's like, Hey, like every day when you're like, Oh fuck, like those little wins will add up. Like, Oh man, like I can't do my cardio or having those talks in your head where you're just like, yeah, like I'm, I'm, you know, too far to to turn back essentially. Like I don't want to, to go backwards when I've done all of the stuff up until this point. I don't know if, if you're like me, but I, <laughs> I can, you know, like when we were growing up as kids, we had imaginary friends. Oh Yeah. Yeah. So what I've realized with me, I have like, you know, those, um, the evil and the, the devil and the angel, <laughs> yeah. I have like imaginary ones of those on my mm -hmm. left side, my, my right side, the left side is you can't do it. You mm -hmm. shouldn't do it. You can't do it. And then the other one is like, fuck you. I'm going to show you. It happens all the time. I, this one time it was, uh, two weeks ago, um, we we're at the gym and I was like, man, I shouldn't be doing these deadlifts. I don't, I'm too tired. I can't do them. I went to the bathroom, came out of the bathroom. Let's fucking go. Did the deadlifts PR by a hundred pounds. And I was like, I needed that, that voice mm -hmm. of doubt to happen because yeah. I needed to shut the fuck up. So. No, that's so funny. Cause I like talk to myself in my head all the time. And I call like my positive voice, like my pro self. I'm like, oh, that's my best self. And then like my negative voice, I call it my penis self. I'm like, all right, are we being a pro? Are we being a penis today? Like, who are we? Like, you know, so I'm like, are we pro ash or are we penis ass? Like, ash, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, I think it's really important to understand that, like, I feel like having a certain level of self-doubt is almost healthy because it does keep you humble, but then it also, if you allow it, it can build up your confidence. And so like when I'm training and since we train hard here, we don't train, like I call them ball sack sets because no offense, one tap to the ball sack and you're down, but a vagina can take a, a, a beating, you know, beating. A pussy, yeah, a pussy <laughs> takes a beating, right? So I actually prefer pussy sets over ball sack sets, but when I mid set and I usually train with my husband and I tell him, I was like, this is the one time in the gym where you can tell me anything and you get a free pass. Right. It's like, you could abuse the fuck out of me verbally. You go for it. Right. He gets in my face during one set and I'm like really pushing. And I know I can do a few more, but he gets right up in my face. He's like, what happens the next time you step on stage and the judges tell you, you're still too fucking small. Well, that three reps that I was like, Oh, I'll get no, no, no. That turned into an additional five or six because that was my biggest fear because I haven't competed since 2019 and I was sickly looking and not in a good way, not in a go. She looks sick. Like, no, she like just needs to go into like an eating disorder clinic, yeah. sick, yeah. like no muscle whatsoever. And so I was like, fuck. So I think in, in most respects, having a, a fear and a, a issue of like self-doubt isn't necessarily an issue, but it's actually part of kind of cultivating a winner's mindset because you can either choose to buy into it and accept the L or you can choose to kind of almost light a fire under your ass and be like, yeah, I could do this or I could well, do the exact opposite and win. Ash, I think that's what delineates a loser and a winner is everyone has the self-doubt. Mm -hmm. It's the losers that believe the self-doubt. Like I'm in a phase with my coaching where I'm just absolutely sick to my stomach from the males that are giving me effort it's the worst effort I've ever seen. So I have every male right now doing AMRAPs and as many reps as possible. And 
they have to film their their film their AMRAP sets. And the lack of fucking effort and intensity, it's like they they they're flaccid dicks. They just <laughs> like, and then they just stop. And I'm like, bro, your facial expression didn't change. Mm. It's no outburst of emotion or energy or struggle or pain. Mm-hmm. And then I have these girls that are like AMRAP setting back squats and hack squats and leg press. And they look like they're fucking going to die. And I send it to them and they're like, okay, I'm working my hardest. I'm like, no, you're not. You're not. You're not. You're not getting to that. What I call the red line where that self doubt is right here. Like, am I going to fucking die? Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. You're in, you're a neutral motherfucker. You're still a neutral. Yeah. So I think you're, you're totally right on the, the self doubt and, and like accepting it or self doubt and shutting the fuck up. Yeah. Like I remember I was, I got a call from my mom Sunday morning and Sunday morning I'm at the gym training and she's like, Hey, your grandpa died. Well, guess what? I'm already at the gym and you better believe I cried after every fucking set because I was there. I was like, I'm, I can either be emotional at home, you know, sitting, feeling sorry for myself, eating a pint of Ben and Jerry's or every rep that I do can be for my grandpa. And yeah, you better believe I cried like a bitch that entire time. It was also the best training session I ever had because I felt like I was training with a purpose on top of my own selfish purpose of stepping on stage. Yep. That's incredible. Yeah. Damn. That took a dark turn. (laughs) So let's, let's uh, put a little pet back on our step. So obviously you, you fucking dominated Cali pro and you earned your, your Olympia qualification. Can you put in words, if you can, what that felt like? to just redeem yourself. I didn't, if I think about it hard enough, I'll cry. Yeah. But I didn't even know what to do. Like, you know, the, the um, Talladega nights with Ricky Bobby, I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah. I didn't, know, I didn't know what to do. Like, because on my goal sheet that I have on my board, it was never to win this show. Mm-hmm. It was never to go to the Olympia. I literally just wanted to not fuck it up. And I, in that one day I crossed, there was like three goals, like long-term goals that I achieved. Um, so I don't know if you saw like the reaction of me on stage. I was just screaming. Like, ah, ah! I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. Like I've been, I've won shows before, but this was like, what do I do? Where do I go? I don't, I don't know what to do. So, and then I didn't, I guess it's a double-edged sword. I had no time to process the win. I went right into Toronto, placed third there, which I was very happy with. Um, And then I went on a two-day vacation and I didn't decompress at all and went right back to work. So um, I I guess it's not a good enough, like it's not like like a happy ending to the story yet because there's no resolution yet it's just like i need to go to the next one um so it's probably a little buzzkill of a story because there's no lesson here but um i didn't have any any emotion i didn't have a chance to reflect or a chance to even develop any emotion um the only emotions that i had were you know with my coach and then um uh there's this it's kind of a weird story, but when I started bodybuilding, um, the first show I did was a Sean Ray classic. I picked that show cause he's my favorite bodybuilder. 
and on YouTube, if you type Sean Ray, uh, 1999 Olympia posing routine, he has this beautiful posing routine to this Mariah Carey song. And I've been obsessed with it since the first time I saw it, like seven years ago. Um, and I knew, you know, obviously I love bodybuilding. I do routines. I didn't want to do it until the time was right to replicate it. And now I'm going to do it for the Olympia. And I'm like this. And so I watched that the other day and I could not stop crying. I'm like, I cannot believe I have the chance to do this on the Olympia stage. Like what the fuck? It doesn't even make sense to me because when I started bodybuilding, the Olympia wasn't even my goal. I didn't think I was good enough. My, my goal was to get invited to the Arnold. That was it. So it's, it's just, it's just crazy. That's incredible. Also, I am going to the Olympia, by the way. And the only reason I'm going to the Olympia is because of you. So like, thank you for giving me the Olympia. Cause like, I wasn't going <laughs> to just go just for shits and giggles, even though it's like practically my backyard. But the minute you got your pro qualification, I looked over my husband. I was like, Hey, guess we're going in November. He's that's like, where? Awesome. I was like, we're going to the Olympia bitch. And he's like, Oh, so he's like, so Ross got it. I was like, yeah, Ross got it. that's fucking awesome. Oh, incredible. Incredible. And you're big, especially like when you're on just Mahaley's podcast, you're, you're big about like developing a winner's mentality. And also on socials, you're like, Hey, a loser quit or, you know, fired a, a loser, like whatever. But what in, in your mind, like you, there's this one story that you told where this guy like wanted to be a pro, but you were like, you were not ready to be a pro. So in your, your, your own words in your own life, what does it mean to be a pro and what does it take to uphold that IFBB pro title? This is going to be sort of elitist, but one, you have to do the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Like in the easiest way to tell if someone lives the lifestyle is to go to another bodybuilding show, a local one and see who has their food with them. See who has their water with them. Because I just went to one in my backyard, literally right there two weeks ago. And out of the entire crowd, three, me, myself, sorry, myself, my training partner, who's a pro, and another local pro were the only people in the entire crowd full of bodybuilders that want to be pro with their little, you know, six-pack bag cooler and water. So that's just one. You have to especially in the off season, like, dude, you have to have your food with you. How are you going to stay on plan? Um, now I think there's a little, that's a little extreme. Someone could, someone would say it's a little extreme, but what for me and in my point of view, like I don't go anywhere without my essentials. I don't go out to the grocery store or I don't go out, you know, shopping for four hours with no meals, or I always have something to, you know, a shake or something to keep me on track. So that's one aspect. Um, also to be a pro. Um, hmm. I would say you have to be, you have to be in this uh, pro level conditioning. Um, you have to get through that, you know, that shredded glute look. Um, Cause I think that, for most people, it takes a level of mental uh, resiliency and perseverance to get through 
to those like super extreme body fat levels. I think you need to be able to do a contest prep without cheating. I think you need to do a show without binging. Like you've, like you've done this before, you know, um, in my first four shows, I was definitely not a pro qual pro quality physique, nor pro quality mentality. Cause I would, you know, binge after the shows. And I think you need to stay on plan in the off season full year round, like all year round, pretty much have a coach year round. Cause if you're, this is, this is like your job. This is your profession is to work all year round for this. So what I used to do would, I, I would hire a coach for 16 weeks, do the show binge and then fuck off for the last, you know, 40 weeks or so. And a lot of amateurs do that. And it wasn't until I hired Dom full time. I was like, I, I'm trending upwards to that, that pro like, status whether i had a pro card or not mm -hmm. yeah i think like a lot of people don't realize like i and i'm not sure how i feel about this term um but it's like in order to to live the the pro lifestyle and have that that lifestyle that you just mentioned like you do have to sacrifice and um some people either a don't understand that or b like don't believe that but it also depends on like what is worth suffering for you like you know some people who want to fuck off like you know the other 36 weeks of the year like they can't give up going out to eat they can't give up drinking on the weekends they can't give up sitting down and having a whole tub of like ice cream like to them like that matters more than like living that lifestyle and like you said like for them like they're never gonna they're gonna they're never gonna make it like one the mentality to like the lifestyle like it's just not gonna gonna happen for them so like in my mindset it's like when you know clients come to me and they're like yeah like I just want to be able to do whatever I want until like the time comes to prep I'm like I'm not gonna prep you until you show me that like you can do this for like a consistent amount of time like six fucking months day in and day out because you're going to fail during prep like you are going to have moments of weakness will you're you'll fuck up your prep like and if that's the case, like if you come to me and you're like, Hey, like I went off plan eight X, Y, and Z all fucking weekend while I'm in prep, like you're not in prep anymore. And like, yeah. that's my mindset on it. And like, I would want to be held to the same standard as an athlete. I'd be like, if I fucked up, like I know that next day that prep prep is done. Like we're starting reverse, like, which thankfully I've never been someone who's like watched my preps, but because I like, I already have that mindset. That's like, you know, like I've done this for two years, like in between shows or seasons. And like, it's just yeah. Like I just like, don't think the two can, can line up and be compatible with each other. Like if you want to have like that fun, exciting adventure life and all of this stuff, as well as like being a pro, like they just don't necessarily always go together. Um, in my personal opinion, I'd like to refine my answer real quick guys, uh, after what you just said. So I think when you're at a pro level, a pro mindset, you're no longer sacrificing the word sacrifice. Like I'm not sacrificing pizza just the same way. I'm not sacrificing, not doing crack cocaine. I just don't want to do crack cocaine. Mm -hmm. I don't crave crack. I'm not going to do crack. So I'm not sacrificing the pizza because at my level of, of discipline and consistency and, you know, adherence, I don't want the pizza. It's not going to do anything for me. So therefore I'm not like sacrificing you know, I can still go out and eat my meals, but I'm not sacrificing fucking pizza. This pizza's not going to do anything for me. I don't want it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I know. I think that's like a good viewpoint because I was like, I don't know if this is like the good word and like what people yeah. refer to. But yeah, like I think when you're at that level, like you said, it's just 
like not something that you crave, not something that you want to do, like not something that you want to like in, indulge in. Like not you something don't, I'm missing because I don't want to, you know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, it's like, obviously like I'm still an amateur. I haven't competed in it since 2019, but it's like, for me, I live how I would want to live if I were a pro. It's like bodybuilding is a part of my life. It's not like my lifestyle. It is just how I live life. Mm-hmm. I knew the word lifestyle. I think of like really weird clothes or whatever, but it's like, it's just how I live my life. Like, yeah, I have my weekly free meal, but it's sushi because your girl can eat. Um, so like, I'll definitely like toss down like, you know, like a like five pounds of sushi. But for me, it's like, there's nothing that I'm missing out on. Like I'm not missing out the on the booze or or other drugs outside of PEDs. Like there's nothing that I'm missing from life that other people exactly. like would miss out on. It's just like for me, it's just like who the fuck cares? But obviously some people do care. And whether or not they want to be a pro, well, if you can want things, but if your actions aren't aligning with what you were trying to achieve, then they're not really wants, they're more just like empty hopes. And it's just like what are we doing? I think it becomes like very unappealing. Like for me, like people would be like, Hey, like, you know, don't you want to just like go out and grab a few drinks after work? And I'm like, God, no, like I want to go home, put my fucking PJs on and like fucking stretch my tight ass hips. Like that's going to give me more satisfaction than yes. like going out and getting like, f- yeah. Like for me, like it's those things just don't provide a purpose or like right. fulfillment in my life anymore. I um, think, yeah. So I, sorry to cut you off, but I live in downtown Austin and I drive past this one street called rainy street and every Thursday through Sunday, it's packed with like normal people doing normal things like hammered eating like shit. They're all out of shape. And I'm looking at them. Like every time I do this, I'm like, do I want this? Do I want to be normal one day? And I'm like, ugh, like, no, like I don't I I guess I guess in bodybuilding I'm sure both of you guys can agree we for lack of better phrase we get off on like adherence like accomplishing and staying on plan like makes us feel good Mm -hmm. it raises orphans like I'm going to bed like knowing I did all my shit and just the thought of us like waking up at like noon hungover eating cold pizza like with like a a random chick in my bed and then doing it all over again every night like just like so empty my god yeah like I feel that way like even when I go on vacation like I went to Hawaii this past year with my family and like after a week I'm like oh my god how do people do this all the fucking time every day yeah like and I'm just like dude I just need like something normal like to me like my normal I'm like this is just oh my god I don't know how people do and like I mean I used to live that life when I was like 20 yeah but I'm just like oh my god yeah like it just becomes unappealing and I think that is the difference between like a pro mindset a winner mindset versus like people who are fucking losers (laughs) agreed we're also talking about something that like what it takes to win at life and that mindset is and it comes down to like having that structure and having that routine. And some people are like, oh, well, I don't want to be as structured in the off season because it's really boring and monotonous. And it's like, okay, I don't see how progression is boring. Like when you're in your off season, you're not off. Like you're just not dieting for contest prep, but like that should, but you should still be on your diet. You should still be on your programming because that undeniable physique that you want to show off the next time you step on stage is built 
in the off season. So you're going to have to get uncomfortable when it comes to pushing up food, pushing up body fat. That doesn't say that you become fat. Like I'm height of my off season, but like you can still see my delts for crying out loud. And yes, I'm only bikini. So it's like, you still need to make sure that the habits that you were instilling are year round 365. Like it's not school. Like there's like your, your contest prep and your off season are not summer school. You know what I'm saying? It's not like a few months where you just fuck off. And if that's how you choose to bodybuild, okay. But that's what I used to do. Yeah. And don't do that. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do that. Cause you don't look any different. And if anything, nope. you might look worse. And like, it's just, it's so much work and effort to not bring your absolute best. Like, I don't know about y'all, but my mom was like, honey, always try your best. And it's like, when I deliberately always try my best, I learn and get better. I might not always win, but I learn and get better. And so then I view that as a win. Yep. Bingo. Bingo, bingo. So I guess kind of like final closing thoughts, like in your, in your mind, in your world, what does it really take to win at life and be successful? And you can touch on your business. You can touch on bodybuilding. You can touch on coaching attributes that you have, maybe attributes that your athletes have when it comes to cultivating a winner's mindset. Whew. This is a deep one. Um, That's what she okay. said. Or he. Yeah. Or he. We don't judge. Um, I think the, the, well, the first thing that comes to my mind and usually that's always what I, the first thing that comes to my mind is what I say is, is you need a purpose. Um, and I know the winners in this world have identified and have put all their eggs in one basket on that purpose. And then I see, you know, the quote unquote sheep of the, the world, they have no purpose. They're needed but they have no purpose like, or, or the purpose is just so like, I'm going to be horrible for this, but if I look at my mother, okay. If I, if I remove myself from her life, she has nothing. She's worked the same type of job her entire life, like a receptionist. And she has no goals. She has no accomplishments. Oh, every time I talk to her, she has a new job or a new back surgery. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I just get like, it's not sad, but it's just like, I don't know if it's disappointment. It's got to be a com combination of both because I'm looking in the mirror over here myself. I'm your son and I have so much purpose. Mm -hmm. I have so much, so many accomplishments. I have so much drive. I have so many things left to do that I will do that I want to do. And then I'm looking at you and it's like, dude, what are you doing with your life? You're like about to be 60 and you have nothing to show for it. And I know 99% of this country is like that. And I think the winners, they wake up, they have a, they have a routine, they have a plan. They don't wing anything. Um, and they have a goal whether that's a long-term goal or, you know, a bunch of short-term goals. Um, and I, I think it's when it's, when you boil it down, it's, it's really like taking advantage of our body and our brain. Cause a lot of people don't do that. We're, we're given this amazing complex system of a brain and a body. And usually the winners that know how to use it, you know, 
they, yeah. they're they're winning at life like engineers they use their brains we use our bodies and our brains like so vague vague answer but i think it's something along those lines yeah no i think that's great and just to provide like a different viewpoint on that like maybe your mom doesn't have anything right now and obviously i don't know the extent of your relationship but my mom and i are very very similar granted she has an excuse because she is severely handicapped and she doesn't have much going for her just because she is limited but I know for a fact that when she sees me, I am her biggest accomplishment. What she was able to sacrifice and give me so I could yeah. win is her win. So potentially that could be that's your what, mom's win. That's why I said remove me from the from the oh remove you. Yes. <laughs> well, you can't. So like, she gave birth to you. <laughs> I know, I know. But without me, like if she didn't, if she didn't give birth to me, then it would she would have no like nothing to show for anything. Yeah, honestly, like just my story on this too is oh my god I shit you not what is today friday yes. so this must have been monday my mom calls me and or no it was last friday because it was right after the podcast and we were just having this conversation and she's recently retired she retired in um june beginning of june she's like 64 and we we're having this conversation and she's just like i don't know what to do with myself she's like i've realized now that like once my kids are all grown you guys are all doing your own thing i'm very proud of you like love you all work is done she's like i don't really have anything for myself. Like, she's just like, I, and like, I'm happy that she has that awareness, but like, yeah, like you said, like, it's kind of like sad and it's kind of like, for me, I'm not so disappointed. Cause I'm like happy that she's like aware of it, but she's just like, yeah, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, go find something, try things out that you like, like, you know, like figure it out. But like, it's crazy that like, she's gone her whole entire life, like one unaware and like two just has done nothing for herself. Like has not ever thought that like, there's more to this than like this, the standards that I've been doing for my entire life. And I'm like, that's just sort of what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy to me. Cause like, I mean, we're all similar and we all like, you know, are, are leaders and want more and have this passion and have this purpose and whatever our purpose is, you know, let's, you know, technically to, to do better for ourselves and for the, the people that we help. And it's just like, it kind of blows my mind because like I've never had those thoughts of other people or like feelings where there is no purpose, where you're just kind of like meandering through life. And it's sometimes it's kind of hard for me to like understand that because like that is something that I personally have never experienced. Yeah, same. Right. And just to give some perspective, like obviously my mother-in-law had that same existential crisis where the you know, baby birds flew from the nest, you know, she like wasn't doing anything else. She was like, fuck it. I'm going to go back to school. So what did she do? She was like late 50s. She went back, got her master's degree in a completely different subject matter and started a brand new career. And she's like early 60s, brand new fucking career. So that would be in my, that would be a winner right there. Oh mm -hmm. yeah. Oh yeah. Like speech link, like her major was, I feel like hospitality. And now she has her master's in speech language pathology and works at a school for like special needs kids. That's awesome. Yeah. 60 years old. So like at any age, you can become a fucking winner. Yeah. Everybody who's listening, like, honestly, like don't sell yourself short. And if like one thing you get out of this podcast is like the self-awareness that like, I'm going to be blunt that you're a fucking loser. Um, know that you can change. Know that like the things we've talked about is like, you know, you are going to fail. Um, you are going to have these quote unquote losses. You are going to experience these things, but it's, it's up to you and your choices, what you do with them with, you know, Hey, like, am I going to let that define me is, you know, my, my pro self going to be the one that's like carries me through the way or my penis self. That's like, okay, yeah, you're done. Let's be a quitter and be fine with that. You know? So if that's like one thing you get out of this is like, you can change, but it's up to you 
And you're going to have to, you know, take the steps in order to get to that, that point, that purpose of, of your life and who you want to be, because otherwise you're going to be like the people Ross talked about on, on rainy street. Is that what it is where you're sitting there in your, your early, late thirties, maybe just out of shape, doing the same shit, probably not happy drinking all fucking night and eating your cold pizza. Like what kind of satisfactory is like that for your life? None. Amen. Amen. Hey, you know what else winners do? They use code Ross at checkout. (laughs) (laughs) They do. They do. That's right. That's right. Ross, thank you so very much. Where can the people find you if they want to follow you on socials, YouTubes, if they want to support you and your many businesses, give the people what they want. Yes. You can follow me on Instagram at Ross Flanagan underscore gains. Um, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is Sauce Boss. I'm getting better and better at that, but consistent content every week. Um, and I'm really enjoying that. Um, flavorgang.com, theflavorgang.com. That's uh, my sauce and cereal company. And if you want to support your boy, Project AD, Code Ross for all supplements. I love awesome. it. Ross, thank you so very much for your time today and just shooting the shit with us but also providing some real world value like it's really awesome to get on these like podcasts with people because like sometimes on socials like you are yourself but sometimes you play like a character so like the you know the contrast is turned up a little bit but it's really nice like you know talk face to face and get to know maybe a a different side or maybe a deeper side of who who ross playing again the south spouse is yes and just a quick a little tangent here um we all have different personas, different sides of our personality. I think in the social media realm, people get confused by saying people are fake or, oh, he's like this, he's like that. I'm always myself, but there's different versions of me. Mm-hmm. Like I have my ranty side. I have my um, my inspirational side. I have my business side. I have my uplifting side, my funny side, my vulnerable emotional self and i think i actually spoke at a a, like a little seminar a couple weeks ago about this anyone listening if you really want to be a winner you have to identify yourself in yourselves and that tool allows you to exploit your skills to do whatever you want so i'd always i always recommend take some time you know over the the months the weeks the years to really hone in on who you are and that way you can you know progress better yeah i agree i think that's a really great place to end because a lot of people they they lose because they want to be someone else that they're not or they take someone who they admire and they try to like replicate that persona and it's like that person you can't win that way because that person's already winning that way you Mm -hmm. need to win your way and be your true authentic self so i think that's some great final thoughts ross thank you again guys we'll catch you next week with another episode but until then peace Peace. Adios.